Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. I owe a couple of you an email or two. I will work on that this week. Bear with me as we have lots of stuff going on here behind the scenes. And it is a pure pleasure to be here uh, this morning. You know, folks, um, I want to start today by saying that we do have a war going on um, in our against our system. Now, you'll you'll hear people say we have a war against democracy. That Trump and Republicans and conservatives, we all have a war on. Democracy, because we're trying to keep people from voting. We're trying to suppress individuals from expressing their vote and expressing their voice at the ballot box. This is what we are told on a regular basis. We're told that the filibuster in the United States Senate is racist. That's right. The filibuster filibuster is racist. We're told that the um, our voting laws, in particular what the state of Georgia just passed recently and was signed into law by Republican Governor Brian Kemp, um, I should say Republican not so popular Governor Brian Kemp, just signed into law some um, some things were expanded as far as I think early voting locations were open more frequently and but some ID requirements were uh, were made in this legislation to prevent some of the things, some of the things that we saw happening in 2020, even though we're not allowed to talk about that. You mentioned that you will be scrubbed from YouTube. And by the way, if you follow us on YouTube, you better follow us somewhere else because they are, I can't imagine our channel being up too much, uh, too much longer, simply because we've uh, talked about some of the, um, well, what happened in 2020, the affidavits that were signed by people who were making allegations. You're not even allowed to mention, just think, let that sink in. You want to talk about a war, a war on our system. If you don't allow individuals to talk about concerns that they have, even if those concerns don't, aren't what we learn in the final analysis to be the case. You have to be able to dialogue and have discourse in a free society. But I just want you to listen to some of this. They they say that this legislation passed, they being Biden, the left, the media. This, vet, uh, this legislation that is passed by the state of Georgia and other states who are pushing for restrictions on mail-in ballots, or who want to tighten up the security at the 
polling precincts to make sure that individuals who are actually casting their ballots are legitimately by law allowed to vote. This seems to be like a common sense perspective. However, to the left, it is not. To the left, this is a political opportunity. To the left, they believe that they see the metaphorical finish line within reach. And that finish line is permanent power, a permanent majority, and the ability to rule basically um, via fiat for the rest of their existence, for the foreseeable future, for decades to come, maybe, maybe forever. This is what they see. They see this as an opportunity to ensure uh, that combined with, say, uh, a pathway to citizenship, open borders, all of these things help them. Tax increases, further feeding the um, class warfare, divide and conquer. See, in their minds, they think there are more people that – well, they are. there are more people that make an average amount of income versus people who make an extravagant amount of income or a larger-than-average amount of income. And so they want to pit those people against the other individuals. This is the Democrat strategy. It has been – for a long time now, and it is a, as obvious as the noonday sun, as the noonday sun. They like pitting groups of people against each other by, first and foremost, not referring to us as Americans, but rather as some type of a hyphenated American. This is the real war that's being waged, and of course the war on our culture as well. <clears throat> you probably saw these idiotic Satan shoes out there, which is just fantastic, <clears throat> fantastic. I'm not serious stuff to to have to contend with 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 human blood in the soles of the shoes. That's right. Now it's donated, donated by the the company that is apparently retrofitting a pair of old Nikes uh, with the Satan shoes and pentagram, and there's 666 pairs and on sale today. We have a we have war being waged on. Uh, culture and, and society and our system from lots of angles. But they, the left and the Democrats and the media accuse the voting laws that are being presented by Republican Congresses around this nation or anyone who stands in opposition to H.R. 1. They're basically saying that these individuals are basically um, – furthering the Jim Crow legacy. They are they are stating that this is these laws along with the filibuster, which is another tool that they're going after suddenly as racist. Literally the filibuster Tim Scott had something to say about that. Tim Scott, a Republican senator from the state of Cal- uh, South Carolina who happens to be black by the way, talked about this, and I'll I'll get to that during the course of of the program, but basically, he said, Democrats use the filibuster against uh, against something that I introduced in the past. I think it was last year. They used the filibuster. I guess it wasn't racist then. If it was racist then, why wouldn't we hear about how the white Democrat leadership decided to exercise its right, per the Senate rules, to engage in a filibuster against the black Republican senator from the state of Cal- uh, South Carolina. South Carolina. Why do I want to say California? I know he's not from California. He's from South Carolina. 
anyway, but they they are saying that these uh, Jim Crow relic filibusters a Jim Crow relic these voting laws that are being um, passed or being introduced around this this great nation are are relics of Jim Crow laws and this I'm looking here at a piece from Town Hall. I want you to to I want to give you a flavor of what. Jim Crow was all about. Let me read this again from townhall.com. Jim Crow laws soon spread around the country with even more force uh, than previously. Public parks were forbidden for African Americans to enter, and theaters and restaurants were segregated. Segregated waiting rooms and bus and train stations were required, as well as water fountains, restrooms, building entrances, elevators, cemeteries, even amusement park cashier windows. Laws forbade African Americans from living in white neighborhoods. Segregation was enforced for public pools. wonder if Biden worked as a lifeguard at one of those public pools before he had a face-to-face encounter with Corn Pop. Anyway, public pools, phone booths, hospitals, asylums, jails, and residential homes for the elderly and handicapped. Some states required separate textbooks for black and white students. New Orleans mandated the segregation of prostitutes, according to Ray. So that's a tough one to get, even get my head around there. What this segregation of prostitutes, just whatever. So that's that's another way that Jim Crow laws affected the United States of America. In Atlanta, African Americans in court were given a different Bible from white people to swear on. Marriage and cohabitation between white and black people was strictly forbidden in most southern states. It was not uncommon to see uh, signs posted at town and city limits warning African Americans that they were not welcome there. Those are a tragic stain on the history of this great nation, a history that I say we have absolutely unquestionably learned from and are have moved from this. And the idea that requiring someone to present a voter ID in some capacity to vote is in any way related to this is absolutely asinine. It is absolutely absurd. It is absolutely not accurate. This is these laws and the things that America had done in the past in this era of Jim Crow is nothing at all, not even slightly resembling what we would uh, call a Jim Crow law today. That's these voting rights, uh, this this voting registration or uh, things designed these these laws designed to protect the integrity of our elections. But everything's racist. Everything is racist or accused of being racist in our society. It is how you bypass debate today. You yell racist really loud. You point your finger. You wag your finger. You accuse someone of being racist. It immediately puts them on the defensive. They have to explain why what they originally did, which in many cases, in the vast majority of cases, wasn't even racist to begin with. They suddenly have to defend that against your straw man argument, and it's to no avail because the term, the label, has stuck. You are, by definition, racist because someone on the left or in the media has called you a racist. 
This is how you wage a war on our system. This is the real war that's happening on the United States of America. It's not white supremacists gaining votes or overthrowing a capital to somehow circumvent the Constitution and overthrow the U.S. government. That is not the threat that we face. We had idiots that did things at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, and they should be held accountable. But that's not the real war that's taking place on this nation. The war on this nation has been a slow yet uh, consistent slide from our founding principles, the founding principles of this great nation. We've also had a slow slide from morality. That's why I mentioned this stupid sneakers by, what's his name? Lil, Lil Nas? Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X. Satan sneakers. I debated whether I would even mention that today, as I do not want to be responsible for a single pair of these idiotic things. They're over a thousand bucks, by the way. I think it's all thousand and eighty dollars. But there's a gradual, well, it's a gradual war on our culture, on morality. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. There's a couple. So the system that we have, and I know you understand this, but the left misrepresents this. The system that we have that was put into place by our founders was a good and beautiful system, right? The system of governance itself, the the things that they enumerated in the Constitution that limited the powers of the federal government, they when they realized that or recognized that we were not subjects to some monarchy or some other group of people in this nation, we were free individuals. We were citizens. We were created by God and given unalienable rights that among those were included life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, property. You want to tick some leftists off today, say property. They don't like the idea that anyone owns property because they're communists and say that everyone equally owns it. Ironically, probably the same people that cringe when you say, why don't you go to the public restroom? Here, You, you want to go to a place that represents what public property looks like? Ask them, do you want to go to a public restroom or to a private restroom? Which one do you think is better taken care of, cleaner, and so forth? That encapsulates the differences between what happens when everyone owns it and no one takes care of it or when an individual or you know owners have property and they manage and maintain it because it's theirs to use and do with what they see fit. There's a thing called the tragedy of the commons I encourage you to read and look into if you've never done that before. It's a pretty straightforward way of of explaining these things. Anyway, this is the, the, there's a lot to get into today, but this is the war that's happening on our system. It's not, uh, it's not some attack on, your, on someone's ability to vote because Republicans are introducing legislation around this country that puts limits or puts rules in place for how someone can cast a vote. Totally their prerogative. Of course we want as many people that can vote as possible, 
right? We want that to be the case, but you have to have rules. You can't just, again, as I've said on here before, have a whiteboard at the town square in small-town America and yell out the window who you're going to vote for and tally it up. See, the way that the media reports on this, if that was the rule, if you could do that, which I wonder if it is in some places, but if that was the rule and someone came in and said, hey, that's a little bit too flippant. We have to know who these people are. That person driving around the town square could have been from the next town over. Maybe they already voted in their town. How do we know if they've not voted 50 times? And if you enacted rules that said you can't do that, there would be media that would say, Republicans, Democrat, Democrat leaders as well, that would say Republicans are trying to limit your ability to exercise your right to vote. They're trying to take away your rights and make it harder to vote. There's a difference between trying to make it harder to vote and trying to make it so that every ballot that is cast is a ballot that we have full confidence is a legitimate ballot and that hasn't been replicated in some other uh, way, shape, manner, or form. This is not complicated, but again, it is powerful because it resonates. It resonates with people who believe the government is trying to intentionally, the Republican Party is trying to intentionally disenfranchise and silence their vote. But I got to say, too, before I take a break here, even though the, the, the nation as founded was a beautiful thing, again, you have to say this today multiple times because people th- say, oh, so you think slavery was good? No. Slavery was, of course, an atrocity, and it was the, uh, a huge mistake, the original sin, if you will, of, of, this, of this nation. But the United States has remedied that. The United States has turned from those Jim Crow-like laws, and what we're seeing in these laws pertaining to election integrity are completely unrelated to anything of the sort. But that is the talking point, and that is how this will be addressed because racism accusations shut down the opposition quicker than anything else politically that can be done by the party in power. Quick timeout is in order. A little bit long in this segment. You're listening here to America's Realities Are. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. For those of you that listen every day, you may realize that my voice sounds a little bit different, maybe a little bit more than a little bit different, but... Um, I'm fine. I feel totally fine. This, when there's some temperature changes, some weather changes, I often have some difficulty. My vocals do, which is not a good thing when you're on uh, the radio. But um, Oz has been treating me to some hot chocolate here this morning in an official, officially, uh, the official Tadav Show coffee mug, which is even tastes better. From that, but anyway, um, apologies if the voice is, is a little bit off this morning. Hopefully, here it'll get back uh, get back to normal as things continue to warm up. By the way, I want to say too, I want to say too that this program is brought to you in part in part by our friends at Northwestern Mutual, Blake Hornsby. I know I've known Blake for a long time. He's been a financial advisor for over twenty years in the Greenwood area, 
Blake Hornsby.com, H O R N B or S B Y, H O R N S B Y.com. Blake is willing to give you a free initial consultation by mentioning the Todd Huff show when you give Blake a call or reach out to him. Phone number 317-215-8322, 317-215-8322, Blake Hornsby with Northwestern Mutual. So I want to now move into uh, maybe the broader discussion of, of the filibuster. You know, we've reached, we've reached a point in this nation. We've reached a point in this nation. You cannot, for example... If you are a, a college student attending for, I don't know, say a Halloween party, you're not allowed anymore to dress up as part of your costume. Even someone, someone who wore, say, a dress from the 1800s, right? One of these uh, look like you're a Southern Belle. You're not even probably allowed to say those sorts of things anymore because they're by definition, in the minds of the left, racist. So if any anything that happened during the time of slavery in this country, even if it was not even related, you no longer can do because it's deemed to be racist. Well, I have some news for people that think like this. Breathing was something that happened during the time of slavery. Are we going to call breathing racist? I'm sure somebody out there is willing to do that. Breathing is racist. Um, you know, people went to church. That was had to have been racist. Um, people got married. That was obviously racist. Had children. That was racist. The global warming crowd will be happy about that because children in their minds are nothing more than um, contributors to, to climate change anyway. They are nothing more than polluters exhaling carbon dioxide contributing to greenhouse gases and thereby heating the planet up themselves. But this kind of thinking has got to stop. It's it's absolutely got to stop. Folks, if everything is deemed racist, then nothing is racist because every it loses you lose the power to, to isolate the part of it that actually is racist and saying this is what makes it racist. They they try to tell us People who are white Americans that we have um, we're biased in ways, unconsciously biased in ways, and those and they have to tell us. See, they don't have any unconscious bias. People on the left, they don't have any unconscious bias. They come in and they are perfectly able to see everyone else's biases. They're perfectly content with telling you what you have to do wrong, and surprisingly, or what you have to do to correct what was wrong. And shockingly, surprisingly, every time that they give you a solution for what you're doing wrong, it seems to coincide with the Democrat Party agenda. It seems to be something that empowers the government to do more and more, to take away more and more of something of yours, whether it be money, liberty, what have you, every time. And see, people like me, people like you who raise questions about that, we actually begin to to scratch our chins and we say, now, wait a minute, how can everything that you're pointing out is wrong just perfectly fit in you know, hand in glove with what you're proposing as a solution for this great nation? Now, any degree of thinking and sense will say that what you're doing will actually exasperate the problem, but that's beside the point. 
it sounds so good. Most people don't think about it. Most people hear Biden call the filibuster racist, or they hear these laws in the state of Georgia, for example. They're called relics of Jim Crow law, and they see some state congressman in the state of Georgia getting arrested for um, trying to uh, you know, go into Governor Kemp's office to watch him sign this legislation. They see this on Twitter, and they think, look at this. We're arresting black representatives in the state of Georgia. This is like it was in the 1950s and 60s. Basically, right? I mean, this is this is what they do, and they're they're pretty good at it. Now, it doesn't work for people who follow this at all. It doesn't work on people who actually realize that you should dig deeper than one inch to understand the full, um, you know, the, the 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 issue in its entirety to get to the truth. When people hear things being proclaimed on CNN, and we say, "Now wait a minute, that doesn't sound." That doesn't sound right. Jim Acosta's opening his mouth. By the way, where is Jim Acosta? I was asking someone someone the other day, is, is he even in? Maybe he is. I don't know. Is he in the, the one press conference? Was he even in that room with, with Joe Biden? He was there. It was basically his claim to fame when President Trump had, had press conferences. Maybe he realizes Biden isn't the one really calling the shots over there. By the way, saying that, did you see on the website now, the White House website, they're referring to it as the Biden-Harris administration. At least they're not calling it the Harris-Biden administration. But it's the only administration to do this. It wasn't the Trump-Pence administration. It wasn't the Obama-Biden administration until Biden started running for president and wanted you to think he was the third term, which he is, of President Barack Obama. It wasn't the Clinton-Gore administration. It was the Clinton administration. It wasn't the Reagan-Bush administration. It was the Reagan administration. But now it's suddenly the Biden-Harris administration. And, you know, there's for the crowd out there that believes, for the crowd out there that believes that Biden, and I'm not saying I'm not in this, this group that sees this as a legitimate possibility, but there's people who are counting down the days. When is Biden going to be replaced by Kamala? When are they going to invoke the 25th Amendment? When are they going to say Biden is not fit for office? And this is certainly one way to warm people up to the idea that Kamala is really the co-equivalent of, of Biden as well. Anyway, timeout's in order here. When we get back, I want to play a little bit, a little bit of a soundbite from Tim Scott on the floor of the U.S. Senate when he was trying to introduce legislation back in the summer that was, you guessed it, filibustered by the Democrats pertaining to law enforcement and so forth and race, his law, his legislation was filibustered, and I guess we have to conclude that the Democrats who filibustered this were unconsciously biased against him because of his race, because the filibuster is, of course, as we know, a racist instrument in the U.S. Senate. So timeout is in order. We'll get to that when we get back. Sit tight back here in just a minute. So here is Tim Scott 
this is this is uh, edited an edited edited clip of him on the floor of the U.S. Senate when his legislation pertaining to law enforcement and race in this country. This was back over last summer when we were looking at all the Black Lives Matter protests the, um, in the wake of the, um, the riots and so forth that took place. By the way, Derek Chauvin's trial is beginning here. It's, um, that, that whole thing is, is coming to it, – it's time for that to, to take place. So the city is, of course, bracing for whatever comes from this. But anyway, we've got Tim Scott, who is a black Republican senator whose legislation was filibustered by the racist in the Democrat Party. I mean, I don't like to talk like this. I only say this to point out the hypocrisy and the, and the stupidity here. But here he is. This clip was put together by Fox, so I didn't edit this, but this is – what ran on, I think it was Kilmeade's program, but listen to Tim Scott on the floor of the U.S. Senate talking about being filibustered. Today, we lost, I lost, a vote on a piece of legislation that would have led to systemic change in the relationship between the communities of color and the law enforcement community. Uh, we would have broken this concept in this nation that somehow, some way, you have to either be for law enforcement or for communities of color. And my friends on the other side just said no. Not no to the legislation. They just said no. So there it is. They just said no. And what he was referencing, what he was referencing was that they said no we're not going to end debate and have have a vote on this on this legislation. We're going to filibuster it. We're going to require you to get to 60 uh, 60 votes. So, now because the tides have changed, suddenly have you wondered where I mean the filibuster has been around for a long time. Have you wondered why suddenly suddenly and miraculously the filibuster is is now a racist tool. Isn't this remarkable? When Democrats are not in power, you will hear things like how important it is to be bipartisan, how Republicans should reach across the aisle. If a piece of legislation is filibustered, where the filibuster isn't criticized, instead it's framed as saying, look, if Republicans would be more willing to have Democrat input, we wouldn't have to. We wouldn't have to resort to these tactics. No talk about removing the filibuster. None of that's – in fact, it's saving. It's protecting a minority voice when Republicans are in charge and Democrats are the minority. When the, when the situation flips, however, when Democrats are in party, suddenly elections have consequences. Suddenly the tool that's used by the party that's in the minority, in this case Republicans, is a racist a – tool, a tool for racism, a tool that is designed – to cling to America's racist, uh, racist heritage, right? That's, this is how it's, it's – and it has to be stopped. It has to be stopped at all costs. we got the president of the United States now talking about it. Biden – think about this. Biden served as U.S. senator for 125 years, some such ridiculous number, right? I mean he was a senator for a long, long time. 
The only time that Biden would have ever been against the senator or against the filibuster is when his party <clears throat> was in the majority. But I don't recall ever hearing about this. The guy served a large chunk of his life in the U.S. Senate operating under these rules, never had a problem with it. Now, because they have power and the only thing stopping them from implementing radical liberalism, socialism, and heck, even worse, is the filibuster in the U.S. Senate. It's all that's stopping them right now, folks. It is. Maybe the court on a couple of things, but who knows with John Roberts at the helm what's going to happen here in the U.S. Supreme Court. The filibuster is the last obstacle. They believe they see they see the finish line. I'm telling you, this is how they look at this. They see the opportunity to have a permanent majority in the filibuster is one of only a couple of things that's preventing them from doing it, and so now it must be destroyed at all costs. Normally, the party that's not in power is a little bit reluctant to re- remove the filibuster because, because they do not want to have it used against them when they are not in power. But that's not the case when you believe that through uh, you know, things like H.R. 1, things like open borders, when you really believe that you don't need anything now because you've tipped the balance in your favor so far that you don't have to worry really about having consequences uh, of elections any longer. This is, this is a legitimate concern. This is a legitimate concern for this nation. This is not these voter uh, laws that are being passed. Voting laws in states like Georgia are not the problem. In fact, they are trying to address the problem. The problem is what the radical left wants to do through H.R. 1 and through their tireless pursuit of accumulating power at all costs. Quick time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. By the way, my vast team of attorneys has told me that I need to make sure that I share with you that listening to this program can cause you to lean to the right. So if you are operating heavy machinery this morning, if you are walking around, walking to the office, walking down the hallway, getting ready for work, whatever the case may be, you may be well advised to know that listening to the program may in fact cause you to lean and veer to the right. It's a powerful force, my friends. You know, we've got this issue of, of politics and race, and, and we're literally at the point now, literally at the point where they are implementing, they, the left, the Democrat Party, is implementing policies that are, by very definition, racist. In fact, we got this a situation in Oakland, California. Oakland, California is, is uh, giving out $500 Grants, I guess, is what it says. This is I'm looking at Breitbart here. Breitbart says that Oakland's $500 grant for poor BIPOC residents. BIPOC stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. So, if your income levels reach a certain or don't reach a certain amount, you qualify for this grant. However, the mayor leftist Libby Schaff has designated these uh, these grants to go to 600 poor 
BIPOC families. So if you're a poor white person in Oakland, too bad. Too bad, too sad. You don't meet the requirements. Now, this here uh, and, and, uh, is written by Joel Pollack in Breitbart. He said this is clearly a violation of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. This is not the way that governments are supposed to act towards its citizens. And he's right. But then again, folks, we are at this point where this discussion of race, the race is in some circles all that matters. Look at the people that Biden is nominating for positions. We don't hear so much about their qualifications. All we hear are that this person is the first transgender of you know person to hold this office. Here's a, per- a person from this underrepresented community. And by the way, I this is good as far as that we're to a point in this country where we can where we can have people that maybe historically would not have even been close to being able to hold these offices. I'm not criticizing that. I'm criticizing the idea that that's all that matters. Why are we told Kamala Harris was going to be vice president for Joe Biden? Because she was a black woman. That is it. That is absolutely the only reasons we were given. The only reasons we were given. And friends, that is not a place where we want to be. That, those are the consequences of some of these, of this, of this insatiable desire to use this as a wedge to separate people and to use it as a political blunt force instrument. Got to take a break. Come back and wrap up here. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. My friends, I got to be honest with you, early on, early on in this program, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get through with my, with my voice. So thanks to the help of a, actually two cups of, two cups of hot chocolate this morning, I have been able to navigate this with the help of Oz over here. I know I sound a little bit different, hopefully not too bad, too much different, but it's better than how I thought this program was going, was going to end. So Anyway, the, again, to summarize what we talked about today, this the the problems that we face in this nation, the problems that we face in this nation, the real battle, the real battle going on for our system of, of government and how this country was founded to work and the things that were important and so forth, is not this war on democracy as being you know part of these legislation uh, pieces of legislation for voting rights and integrity of elections. Instead, it is the war being waged by Democrats. I got to go take care of SDG.